Are we recording? No, too much, too much, too much, too much. Hey everyone, welcome to Ducks Punch Together. My name is Kylie, and I'm Josh. And today we're talking about Toy Story Four. Trash. Kylie, I, I have some pop questions for you. Okay. Okay, so we have... Like a pop quiz. Yeah, that's a pop corner. We're starting out with a Toy Story 4 pop corner. Yeah. Here it is. Okay. All right, so, uh, Kylie, who did you who'd you bring with us today in your pop corner? Duke Kaboom. I was very, like, anxious upon buying Duke Kaboom. Okay. Okay, here's why. Uh, I bought it the day that it hit the stores. Uh-huh. Which was um, two months before the movie came out. <laughs> right. Um, and all I knew, or all, I, I'm pretty sure I confirmed it at this point. But yes. for a while I suspected, I was like, that's Keanu Reeves. Yes. Um, and then the day that it hit the store, I went and bought it. And I was conflicted of, do I buy, do I support Toy Story 4 <laughs> and their conglomeration of things? before having seen the movie because 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 and i don't have the confirmation on this but i'm just i'm sneaky i'm a detective i i can read between the lines uh-huh. where i feel like some of these sequels you know maybe some of the motivations aren't just because we have a story in our heart and we need to sing it sometimes we make these movies because Ah, uh, they're a huge uh, toy seller, and uh-huh. we like money. Yes. <laughs> and so I was, I was conflicted of, do I support buying the toys? And your response was, just tell yourself you're doing it for Keanu yeah, and not for, Keanu. for Pixar. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, me there. <laughs> okay, I have some questions. Yes. Uh, one of them directly related to the Duke Kaboom pop. Okay. And some related to the, some of the other pops in the set. Yes. Okay. Should we start with Duke himself? Yes. Okay. That helmet will not fit this his head. This is the question. Like, that helmet <laughs> is not fitting his head. Like, I was looking at this, and I was like, there is no... That helmet doesn't fit his eyeball. I have... Singular. I've stared at it for months, Josh, wondering the same thing. Like, how is there safety in this? Josh. There just is. He, the only way he could wear it is like it's like a, it's like a helmet slash yarmulke. Well, he like that's. <laughs> Moving to the back. Okay. Um, featured characters include. Um, now sure. here's the here's the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because when these came out, so these are specifically the Toy Story Four pop. Yes. However, at the same time of these release, there were Toy Story general pops also released. Okay. The cutest pop I've ever seen was released with the general ones. Which is? Slinky. Oh. It's the most, it's the cute, oh, it's so good. I, I mean, I might need some Slink Dog up in my life. Okay, so this actually begs even more of a question. Okay. Specifically in the Toy Story 4 set. Okay. Oh, Slinky. It's the most adorable. That way, is he also a Slinky? No. Okay, that's fine if he's not, but I he's... I don't think so. He is the most adorable. You're not wrong. That's the cutest thing ever. So, okay, there's a, there's a, there's like a Toy Story legacy collection, so to speak. Like, Toy Story General. And there's a Toy Story 4 set. And the Toy Story 4 set, the little green aliens <laughs> in here. Uh-huh. What? Why? What? I mean, Jesse's in there, too. Jesse has lines. 
just as a function in the story. These are literally, if you had, if Toy Story 4 was the first Toy Story you were seeing, uh-huh. you'd be like, oh yeah, she's got three random aliens. Cool. They don't talk. They don't do anything with the plot. They're not even in the RV. They're only in her classroom. Or her bedroom. Bonnie's like, whatevs. Here's what I'll say. You released- I- Yeah. Josh? Yeah. We don't need to yell about this. I'm we sorry. We can be adults. I'm sorry. Money. Okay, but, but, but. You released a Toy Story regular set. Mm-hmm. They make perfect sense for the other three movies to be in that set. Mm-hmm. No need. No need to be in the Toy Story 4 set. Money. Okay, this goes into my second one. Yes. Bo Peep. Uh-huh. She's featured in new costume with Officer Giggle McDimples. Okay. That's not the right person to feature her with. Okay. Sheep. Sheep. Billy Goat Gruff. If you would like to feature Officer McGiggles, who is a character with purpose and lines in this movie, replace it with <gasps> the alien. Who doesn't have a purpose or line in this Why movie? Why are you still yelling? We can I'm, have an adult I'm sorry. I'm not yelling. I'm just... This I'm, is why you can't be a senator. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I'm very passionate about this, and then <laughs> otherwise I'm like, oh, what else? <laughs> I would like to continue my bill for the Toy Story 4 Pop Funko Collection, if it pleases the court. They're like, uh, Senator, Senator, Senator Josh, Flint Darby. still doesn't have water. Darby. <laughs> okay, great, let's talk about Flint. I think I would go by Senator Josh. I think that's a thing that I would do. i go by Mr. Josh. Like, if since gonna have the mystery. Yeah. Also, Billy Goat Gruff. Still getting short shrifted. They're not featured here. Just just saying. Funko. What are you doing? What are you doing, Funko? They're, they announced uh, Captain Marvel. Um, Pop with her in that black neon oh. costume that's shown for a second. And I'm like, I think I might eat that Pop. Do they have a goose pop? Yes, they oh. have several. Oh, that's right, because they've got one like with the pork and stuff and without the pork and stuff. Yes. Cool. Here, Josh, you no. are not even getting my biggest concern. Oh, all right. Yeah, here we go. If it pleases the court, yeah. I would mm-hmm. like to turn your attention to pops number 531 and 532. Okay. They are separated. And you know what? Oh, Ducky and Bunny. As yeah. I, as it pleases the court, if we listen to look at Exhibit A, they are not separate characters. They are conjoined. This should be a double for those two characters. Oh, I'm with you. I am with you. I dissent. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Great. <laughs> so these are our issues with the Toy Story 4 pop set. We know this is the content that you come here for. <laughs> yes. So, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. This is where most of my passions lie when talking <laughs> in this episode are the toys. Thank you for listening to Ducks Pop Together. We'll be back next week where we talk about Spider-Man Far From Home Pops. I don't have any of those. I The only Spider-Man Pops I have are Into the Spider-Verse. Those are good Pops. Do I need to get some Far From Home? Um... Maybe let's see who who and what they look like. I've seen them. Okay. I, Josh, I've... How's the Mary Jane one? Oh, MJ. Sh- sorry, Michelle. Her name's Michelle. Sorry. It's fine. Okay. 
Cool. She's just like, hey, I got a backpack? No, I don't want to tell you what she has. It may be a spoiler for the film. Oh. <laughs> Does she have superpowers? No. It's just a sign that says, I have superpowers. No. <laughs> Alright, what about the Ned? Is there a Ned pop? I don't think so. Why does a Ned get a pop? Guys, sign my change.org petition for a Ned gets a pop. We need this in our life. Uh, I need Ned sitting in a chair at a computer to complete Ned's dream. You know what I need? Yeah, what's up? I... Oh, there's a Happy Hogan one. There's like, But there's like three Spider-Man ones, and I don't want what's the th any of them. Uh, in costume, out of costume? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to describe them to you. Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> um, We're blowing through our content for next week's show, but whatever. I can wait. No, no, it's good. Let's do it. Anticipation. <laughs> Um, one, he's, like, bending, he's bending his knee, so he's, like, he looks like a, he looks like a catcher in baseball, okay? Okay. That position. Is he in costume? Yes. In okay. one hand, it looks like a cell phone, so okay. it looks like he's taking a selfie, uh -huh. and in the other hand, he's flashing us the peace sign. Okay, great. Okay. Number two, we are Spider-Man, oh, and that's red and blue costume. Okay. In this other one, red and black. Oh! So he, there is okay. a wall. Uh huh. So this is one where it's like there's a, a wall there's a platform. Okay. And he is hanging off of it, and he's giving us, he's giving us the, the standard like Spider-Man hand signal. Is his red and black costume different than Miles Morales's? Yes. Okay. His is the blue on his regular is now black. Okay. Number three. Okay. This is a shot featured in the trailer where he has on, it looks like spy gear. Like he looks like he, it's all black. It looks like he has like a ski mask on with like goggles. We got that. Okay. Great. That's all I got. Here. All right. Oh, and then Happy Hogan holding a, holding a check. Is there a Mysterio? Yes. There's two, I think. They're like with helmet and without helmet. No, they both have. No, you're you are correct. Yes, I Ooh. thought they both had the helmet. All right, but one of them does not have the helmet, and you can see the face. Just knock down Arnold. And the other one, he has the helmet on, and it's all like gassy, and you cannot see the face. They're like Jake. You only get lightness rights for one of these. I always forget that Jake Gyllenhaal is in this film. Did like, you? I turned around yesterday, I was going to go see a movie. Uh -huh. Toy Story 4, to be specifically. Uh -huh. I turned around, there was a cardboard cutout, and I was like, Jake Gyllenhaal, oh yeah, he's in that movie. <laughs> Every time, I just forget. It's, it's, it's mysterious. Okay, so on that same cutout, uh -huh. if you go down, it's like under Spider-Man's leg. Okay. There's a small, like, circle bubble thing uh -huh. that has two characters in it and it looks like they're it's like this circle bubble thing might be like a raft and there's like water going like somebody's in a raft and one of them is ned and one of them is some other girl who i don't have any idea who it is and i'm like look at you you made the poster i don't know who you are does she have blonde hair yes blonde shorter hair oh okay, i don't know oh who did you think it was well he has a classmate that's blonde hair maybe that's a girl it. Maybe it is. Maybe the hair was just in the back, and so... I don't really know. Uh, I did not see Tony Ravioli on the poster, though. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Kylie? I feel like your feelings on Tony Ravioli are... 
are going more and more no, by the wayside. No, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. I just... What has he done since homecoming? Far from home. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's done something. I just don't know what it is. He was in that one Netflix movie you hated. Uh-huh. That was after. Oh, yeah. That was in between. No, it was... No, sorry. It was before. Oh, okay. I'm looking up just to show. You. Yeah, I want to. I want to see what Mr. Ravioli is up to. Okay, please stand by. Okay. The long dumb road. It looks like Jason Manzukis is in this. Okay. The sound of silence. The, the. Nope, the, the sound of silence. The Simon and Garfunkel song. Nope, the movie The Sound of Silence. <laughs> oh, okay, great. And Spider-Man: Far From Home. So he's working. Working. Maybe not being seen, but he's working. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kylie. What? Inquiry uh, of the Half Fortnite. Inquiry of the Half Squared Fortnite time, everybody. All right. Uh, okay, everyone. Let me tell you something. Oh, okay. Okay, so if oh. we are going to take a... So what you're going to do is you're going to pitch a fourth film in a Pixar franchise. <laughs> so, you need to pick a film... <laughs> and you Great. need to pitch this the fourth it. one. Pitch the fourth film in a Pixar <laughs> franchise. Yep. All right. So some of you may need to like also create a second and third one, <laughs> or you could just go by the wayside and figure it out. Because here's mine. Okay. Number four. Uh huh. It's called Finding Marlin. <laughs> oh, okay. We're so we did Nemo and Dory. We got three is somebody else, but four is finally. Marlin. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. So Marlin is a little bit of an anxious guy, if you haven't noticed. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. And what's going to happen is this is going to be it's going to be about him going through his midlife crisis, which he has been going through his whole life. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Since day one. Since day one, he's going to be going through it. And he's going to go off and he's it's going to kind of be like, where'd you go, Bernadette? But for Marlon. <laughs> <laughs> and so Nemo and Dory are going to have to team up and try to go find him. And oh, like, okay. And like, what we're going to do here is, because like, I feel like in Finding Dory, I feel like Nemo and Marlon got kind of like the short shaft. Yeah. But it's, we're going to, we're going to split it a little bit closer to like how Finding Nemo did it, where it's like, his storyline and their storyline together, and they're gonna go find the dad. And Nemo's a little bit older now, okay? Okay. He's also like an adult fish, so like maybe Merlin's like maybe close to the end of the road. Not not that close though, oh. but like you know, like you know, not as many sunsets on the horizon. Oh. The sun's getting real low. <laughs> He's gonna go through. Sun's getting low, big guy. Yeah. Well, because Finding Nemo, uh, because the third one in this series, so it's going to go Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, Finding Nemo 2, and then Finding Mer I know, no, no, your three <laughs> needs to be better. Okay, so yeah. it's a prequel, okay. and it's about, it's called Finding Crystal. Oh. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Yeah. I like that a lot. Thank you, uh -huh. I figured it out. Yeah, so. Did it. Okay. And so, like, after all this, because Merlin... Merlin is the character that we can all get on board with. He's anxious. We all feel that inner turmoil. And who's going to find Merlin? It's not going to be Dorian. Merlin. Dor Marlin. <laughs> it's not going to be Dorian Nemo. Merlin's going to find himself. 
Yeah. Is it gonna be Angel? Is Willem Dafoe coming back? <gasps> I need Angel. We gotta get him out of that plastic bag. <laughs> Are they dead by now? <laughs> Probably. All right. <laughs> Here's mine. Okay. Monsters for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the name of this is Monsters for You, uh-huh. and what it is is Sully. So this is this is after. Is he now a professor? No, he uh, no. That's <laughs> no, no. Sorry, sorry. Um, I know, I know where we're gonna get there. I know how we got, but yeah, okay. that could be the third one. Third one, he's a professor. It's all good. There you go. Because he realizes the corruption in capitalism, and so he decides to go back and educate people right. And then after he fixes the university, he okay. realizes that fixing the university alone is not gonna do the job. He needs to go higher up the ladder. He needs to get involved politics. And what's Mike doing? And Mike is campaign manager. So, Sully... See, I'm tired of Mike being the sidekick here. Alright, fine. Alright, fine. Here you go. They're opposing each other. Because... What what are you doing? This is my pitch. Because they have two different views on how to fix things and while they're still buddy-buddy, like, when they look at each other across... She got the better pitch. When they look at each other across the way, but, like, they know that they're fighting for their beliefs. Okay, but, like, my whole thing was going to be that, like, like there was somebody from, like, the old school, like, train of thought. Like, a Waternoose, like, Waternoose's grandkid or whatever. Or, like, uh-huh. Waternoose himself, maybe, even. And, like, they're like, no, make, make screams again. Like, and they're like, no, screams are the way to go. We had more energy. It was better. It was all kinds of good. Screams. And then he's going to be like, laughter? Like, laughter is giving us more power. And then, they're like, it's cleaner. It's better. And they're like, screams and laughter. Screams and laughter. Uh, we're done with screaming. We don't. We're, they're not gonna bring it back. You think? Hmm. Yeah. What about the coal industry? You're gonna bring that sucker back? Hmm. What about just undoing EPA regulations? Josh, you are still nervous about nuclear energy, even though I've assured you. I mean, <laughs> listen, this is maybe a true story. Yeah, listen, scientists. But, but I mean, fair enough. So this is what this is my pitch. It's gonna be that, that's it. It's just gonna be he runs Propus. I think it's more compelling if the two of them are running against each other. Okay. And then at the end, what do they disagree about though? I don't know. I'm not the writers. Of, I'm not the. You're just the producer. <laughs> yeah. They, I, something. Uh, something. Okay, but if you're the pitch artist, you uh-huh. got You got to pitch this. Like this is your story. You are the writer. Okay. Well, the elevator ride's over by now. <laughs> Hey friend, which Pixar franchise gets a fourth <laughs> one for you? Tell us why we need the Good Dinosaur Four or Inside Out Four Brave or four. Brave now she, Four. Now she's a bear. Bravest. <laughs> brave, braver, bravest, and brave four. Brave forever. <laughs> Forever brave. Forever brave. There it is, right there. All right, we did it. We got them all there. A Bug's Life Four. All right. See, like a Bug's Life. <laughs> I couldn't pick because, like, I don't know. He dead. No worries. <laughs> Flint? Flick? His name is Flick. No, Flick's not dead. Uh, Hopper? Hopper is. There are other bugs in the world. Yeah, I know, but I don't gotta worry about Kevin Spacey. He's still alive. He could come for you. <laughs> Kevin Spacey, yes. Um, <laughs> Hopper the bug, You no. know, like... There... 
we would just have to pitch the next one in the Cars franchise. <laughs> I know, right? And we chose not to. No, forget that. Cars <laughs> is done. Though, if it's Cruz Ramirez in the lead, I'm all right with it. Yeah. Wow, Mater. Wow. Look at how good she is. Wow. <laughs> That's all Owen Wilson would have to do. No, what's no in my version of this? He's gonna be like, "Wow, lady car friend, voiced by Bonnie Hunt, whose name I don't remember. What's the lady car's name? Or I don't know, Mercedes. <laughs> it's voiced by Bonnie Hunt. This is remember that much. I'm gonna say Cindy, Cindy, Sydney, Cindy, Cindy. Cindy. Sally, Sally. It's Sally. There it is. Right. You got me there. You got me there. All right. He's gonna be like, wow, Sally, because Mater is just gonna be a picture off on the side of the frame over here. Wow, Bonnie Hunt has not been in a movie for a while. She voices in movies. Yeah. But she has not been in a movie for a while. I'm pretty sure she just exclusively does Pixar movies at this point and Zootopia. She did a film call in 2009 called Hurricane Season. Oh, okay. And then she's in Toy Story 3, Cars 2, Monsters University, Zootopia, Cars 3, and Toy Story 4. Yeah. I guess when you have all the money in the world from Pixar, you don't need to. Yeah. She's just like, I'm just gonna take care of my family and do Pixar voices. She puts her hair up in a bun, puts on her glasses, goes to the studio yeah. in her PJs. She figured it out. She, she wins. She wines, like four. Yells at Tom Hanks. Hey man, just go sit in the closet. It's fine. Hello, right. everyone. Hey, friends. Those are our pitches. What are your pitches for the best fourths in a Pixar series? You can do so. Tell us them at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts. We can leave us a five-star review or any star review as well as hit that subscribe button. I don't know. Uh, I can't deal with existential reality. Uh, Trash! Ugh, I'm not saying that. <laughs> You can also find us on Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcast. And now on with the show. What's up? <sighs> We're here. We've done it. We've seen and viewed Toy Story 4. We are... This episode's a little bit late to your feeds because I was in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and Washington, D.C. with a trip of my... With a troop of my theater kids. Humble brag. That wasn't meant to be. It was just a true story. Well, humble brag. All right. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, hang on, hang on. Taking 21 children and five chaperones across the country and being responsible for all of them, not a, I mean, the only brag of that is that we all survived. Some people would have loved to be able to go on a trip like that. I mean, I also love to go on a trip like that. It exactly. was not bad. Humble brag. Right. Would you, did you want to come with us, Kylie? No. <laughs> is that what this is? No. Kylie, do we need to go back in time and you can be a chaperone with us? No. Okay, I'll give you three of your own children to look after. I would have to have three. Yeah, well... I, I could handle that. We, well, if you were there as the fifth chaperone, that's how the numbers would probably work out. And only had four. Josh, I've walked around college campuses with 20 in a group. Yeah, me too. That's fine. It's easy. Yeah. You just... Listen, at points of the trip, I had all 21 to myself. You just put a little bit of fear in them. Yeah. Just a little. Not too much. I just go with respect. No, like, I say, like... Listen, yeah, I keep up with everyone. Uh-huh. Because it's gonna, I don't have your phone number, and we don't know if anyone else in the group has your phone number. So if you get lost, you gotta come back and find us somehow. And we had one of them that was a wanderer, and her phone died one day, and we like were like on her like a hawk. We're like, you have to stay near us. <sighs> yeah. So that's why we're covering Toy Story 4, you know, a week late. But we're here. We're here to do it. We're excited to do it. Are we, are we excited, Kylie? No. No? I don't know. Josh... <laughs> 
I don't know what I am supposed to say here. <laughs> uh, usually your thoughts, opinions, and point of views upon the film that we're talking about, which this week happens to be Toy Story 4. All right, expectations. Yep, that's Here's where we start. Here's what I expected. Okay. I expected there to be a stupid Randy Newman song. <laughs> Check. Okay. I expected there to be unnecessariness. Check. Lots of voice cameos. Check. Uh, an attempt to be like sentimental about like the struggles of growing up and like being a member of society. Check minus. <laughs> I tried. Check minus. I just said attempts. <laughs> oh, okay. Check. Yeah. Check. Okay. Yeah. Check plus. Then go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of attempts. And Forky. And Forky. Oh, check. There we go. Yep. That's what I expected. Did you mean by Forky? You mean the cinematic grand debut of Forky? Josh, yeah. Josh, you're confusing me with how, all this Forky talk that you keep bringing up. Okay. Because, one, when we talked about this on Thursday, before I had seen the movie, you were kind of more like, take it or leave it. And now you're here, and you're putting on much more of a pro-Forky face. Like, you're like, you're like, you're a wrestler, and you're like, no, I'm all about the Forky. Forky, Forky, Forky. Forky, 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 Forky. Well, I've seen the movie twice now. Uh-huh, and you're like, forky, forky, forky? <laughs> kind of like, listen, what works about this movie? Forky. What doesn't work about this movie? Most other things? That's harsh. That is harsh. Um, but forky is just, to me, it's the lasting element of the movie. It's the funnest element of the movie in that sense. So. Yeah, I liked it at first when he wanted to go into the trash, and then we sang about how he wanted to go into the trash. And I won't let you. I won't let you. Yep. I won't let you throw yourself away. Yep, Randy Newman never fails to deliver a dumb song. <laughs> But, like, what's worse, this one, or my name is James? <laughs> You're right, you've improved a little bit. Um, it's hard to say whether you're still going to pass the semester, though. Uh, what is considered passing for Randy Newman? I, passing? What if he gets an Oscar nomination out of it? Because that seems almost guaranteed at this Does point. Does he have a song at the end credits? Uh, I don't know if he wrote that song, but I I believe he did write it, but he didn't sing it. Okay, well, he'll get that one, if he gets one. The it Lonesome sh- Cowboy song? Yeah, it shouldn't be the stupid trash song. I won't song. let you. I won't let you. I won't let you throw yourself away. Yeah, after that montage, I was kind of done with this whole, like, Forky not wanting wanting to be trash. Yeah? And I was kind of like, just let him be trash, Woody. Just like, it's an important part of life that Bonnie will learn. Whether she learns it now or later. Yeah, but then, Woody learns that he's just like Forky. Trash? Trash. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. My expectations, I think went really up and down with this movie. So... When I first heard it announced way back in the day, because this movie has taken a long time in development to come out. You said, don't need it. Don't need it is true story. And then I heard that it was going to be a rom-com about Bo Peep and Woody. I didn't need that either. I was fine with what we had. And then I see the first trailer. So this is moving forward. I'm still like, 
Now, it's, are you doing the trailer or the teaser? The teaser. The one okay. where they're, like, dancing in a circle, and then all of a sudden, Forky. Yeah, where he made it look like maybe all of the characters would be integral parts of the story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that trailer was a bold-faced lie. <laughs> it should have just been Forky. It should have just been Forky, yeah. Um, and then I was like, oh, it is nice to see these characters on screen again. This fork looks annoying. I don't think I need this. No, your thing was, he's a spork! It's true, I did. I did a whole rant on, he's a spork, not a fork. Mm-hmm. Come on, Bonnie! Okay, well, she's a kindergartner, it's fine. Fair. No, it's fair, it's fair enough. Um, I did, there's a scene where she's I don't like, name, I wouldn't, I wouldn't name, but the fork's keeping her awake. I wouldn't name a cat, cat. <laughs> Although I refer to cats as cat instead of their names when I forget them. Fair enough. Hi, cat! Um, and then the other trailers started coming out, and I was like, if this film ends up being about an existential crisis about life, and it actually has something to say, because Pixar can give you films that have something to say, and I would not put it past them to make a movie that is actually about the existential crisis of the existence of life. I would not put that past them. And I was going to be more on board with this. And then as we got closer and closer, I just something like clicked in me and I really realized like I like the Toy Story characters. Like and it's good to have them back in theaters. I don't think I need this movie still, but I was excited to see what story they wanted to tell. And that is the area that I got to by the time I finally sat down into the theater. And if my expectations were that they that in order to make a good movie, they were going to examine the existential meaning of life with this character of Forky, they did that for about 30 minutes. And then they said, yeah, now let's make a movie about Woody. And that's where the movie loses me a little bit. And that's kind of, I think, where my any sort of my critiques or criticisms are going to come in to Toy Story 4, is once we get past Act 1... And we're kind of, we sideline Forky. And I don't want to make this all about Forky because, like, there are other good things. But, like, he was the reason for me, especially once I got in the theater, that I was in interested in anything in this movie at all. I thought he could be a good foil for what maybe Woody would have to go through. Listen, I saw the poster and I saw one of our, two of our friends, our old friends there, and I said... Mm not really about the Toy Story characters now, is it? The poster, I just want you to take a gander. This is, this is when I had my expectations. Okay. All right. All right. So I have Woody, who I've been with for four films, uh-huh. or three other films. Uh-huh. I got Buzz. He's been there from the beginning. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. You know, Bo Peep was there. She back. Yeah. Yeah. And then... New characters. New characters. I got Gabby. Gab Gabby. Okay. I have monsters from Hades. Goosebumps. One of them's name is Benson. I don't like it. I got these things that are also incorrect. Ducky and Bunny? Yeah, they're also incorrect. What do you mean they're incorrect? Well, this hand should be attached to this hand. (laughs) (laughs) I love this, Kylie. This is my favorite. (laughs) Will you just bring me in a new piece of Toy Story media every week where it's wrong? I love it. Yes. And then we have 
an angel flying above them. <laughs> Duke Kaboom. Uh, you forgot the, who's right next to Woody. Oh, uh, a fork. <laughs> I'm a forky. Wait, why is Forky holding a uh, fork? He's also got a spoon. What? Well, because he's not sure which is which he is, which is not explored at all in this. <laughs> no, show. it's not. No, no, Forky is very aware of who he is. Yeah. He is trash. <laughs> I was made for soup and sometimes chili and then the trash. I love him. He's oh. He just is so much of, like, the millennial angst and crisis just wrapped up into a character that's easy to understand and feel. Like, we just feel like we belong somewhere warm and cozy, and even if it's a trash pile, that's fine. The universe doesn't really want us anyway. See, like, look at this one. Okay. Like, look at all the characters I get to meet. Yeah, Bo's still there. Yeah. Okay, okay, hang on. And I mean, I want to say, like, in the Toy Story films, like... In the first one, they're not the most superfluous, but you know, you get to meet them and you kind of have a fun time. And in the second one, they go on a little bit of a road trip and you kind of have a fun time. But then in the third one, where we truly come to love these characters, uh-huh. they each have a purpose. Yeah, they do. And it really feels good. Now, my favorite character of Toy Story 1 is, of course, this little troll that doesn't speak. <laughs> yeah, troll, uh, trolls lost along the way. I have a lot of questions about this film. Because okay. I started thinking, and I like to pretend in my mind, I don't know if I do this, but I started to think about this world. As there is a point where a frisbee is picked up and used as a shield, and I thought to myself, does that frisbee not have sentience? If I draw eyes and a smile on the frisbee, will it now have sentience? Okay, this is one of the things, one of the issues, not issues, one of the things I want to talk about with this movie. Is because it love that creates them? Being in the fourth version of this film, uh-huh. it has to start grappling with some of the questions of the universe. Or at least it chooses to start grappling with some of the questions of this universe. So, yes, you asked the question of what brings sentience to a toy in this universe. Because I asked that question in the sense of the skunk race car. Because the skunk race car does not have sentience. Well, I, I have a feeling that... But they, RC does. Well, I think that they killed an actual skunk. And that it... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think that Bo Peep, like, went up and murdered a skunk and skinned it for the top of that... Still, okay, that would still mean that there is a race car, a toy car, that has some sentience that Bo Peep then just put skunk hide over uh-huh. and said, I'm going to drive you now. I was really sad at the beginning when that poor RC was struggling, and I thought... Me too! I was oh. Okay. <laughs> but no worries. Sorry, spoilers, RC doesn't get lost. Well, not, not, not in this film. He's not in three, though, so... <gasps> We lost some friends along the way. We did lose some friends along the way. The troll? RC? <laughs> Man, not the troll. <laughs> Man, they have their own franchise now. <laughs> what if a Disney Plus show is just... Oh, no, never mind, sorry. Because <laughs> that spoils the end of this film. Okay, keep... alright, fair enough. So, yes, I agree with you. We start asking some questions that we don't get. The only answer we get to this is what brings sentience to life is when Forky and Woody are walking down the street... Woody says to Forky, she gave you a name. And when she gives you a name, like, from what that, from what I understand from the film, if, you, if a child gives you a name, 
that brings you to life. That means that you are important enough to them and that they love you enough to give you a name and therefore you have sentience. I don't like this. <laughs> I also don't like this. Because all of the buzzes in Toy Story 2, they have sentience and yeah. the child, they're still in the package. Mm-hmm. Okay, my case rests, Your Honor. Yeah. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I also don't want to be a person that's like, the Toy Story franchise doesn't make any sense because toys come to life. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was in the middle of the film just starting to think about all these things. Because I was like, if it's got a face, maybe it's a thing. But there are, since things don't have faces. I, I His agree His creations with you. are yeah. dead. Well, maybe they were alive at one point, and because these are immortal beings that only die when they're 100% destroyed, maybe because he just ripped them in half and put them together, they still had their sentience of somehow. Yeah, I'm just terrified. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. Th this film explores not only what that means, it also explores the human world a lot more, and there are lots of elements of the toys interacting with the human world that feel a lot more... They feel unsatisfying because it's clear that the toys could run this world if they wanted to. <laughs> like, they're just messing things up for everybody. I, I, I just... For lack of a better comparison point, I, this, this film feels a lot like the better version of Finding Dory. We went back to a universe... And we kind of said, hey, rules don't really exist or matter anymore. And we're going to just play with it for the purpose of a joke. And I'm very much noticing, noting that at the end of Toy Story 3 and at the end of Finding Dory, there is a similar sequence where objects or things that usually don't have the ability to affect the human world in the way that they are, are doing that. It feels a little repetitive. It feels a little forced. It feels a little like, oh, great, here we're going again. That being said, I like the characters of this movie. I enjoy the time we get to spend with them. And that is every character in this movie. I do not think that, for me, that there is a character in this movie that I think is boring or that doesn't have good motivation or purpose. I think that some of the arcs are a little bit too short. But we can talk about that in our spoiler section, because I, I do want to have a spoiler section. Um, but I like the characters. I like that we get to spend time with them. I'm sad, as you mentioned earlier, that the a lot of the main characters from the original film are sidelined. They're literally just sitting in an RV, like, making surprised faces. Waiting for Buzz, Buzz and Woody. Buzz, who, even though he's on the adventure is definitely a sideline character. Mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't have a lot to do in this film. I, For whatever that reason is, whether that be they just didn't have a story for him, or people are like, maybe we don't love Tim Allen anymore. Whatever that reason is, Buzz didn't have a lot to do. He got sidelined certainly for the Ducky and Bunny characters, who are characters that I love. Like, I really do like Ducky and Bunny. Um, some of my favorite bits are their, their running gag on how they're going to solve all their problems. This kills me every time I watch that. Um, 
I like giggles. I like uh, I like Duke. Duke is wonderful. Like some of my favorite bits are with Duke. What's the kid's name? Rujon. 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 Are you Rujon? I like the vocal performances. I like Bonnie's toys. Spending time in this universe is something that they always get right. Oh, Ducky and Bunny. They got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're not connected. They're not connected. Yep. Yeah. See, look, look at this. Look at this toy. Now I'm only judging by the packaging. Uh huh. But it looks like they might have gotten it right. You know that as a child, you could just cut them apart, right? Because they're only held together by that little plastic tie. As a child, you could cut any toy apart. Fair enough. <laughs> they're connected in this picture. Mm, no, they're not. This one? Oh, they're not. This hand needs to be on this hand. What is what is wrong with you, Toy Story Board? All I'm saying is it's wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I like Ducky and Bunny. I think they're great. I think they're wonderful. I like the new characters. And, and that it's not anything to do with what they add that I dislike. It's So for me, talking about Toy Story 4 is is to, to pivot to what the film actually ends up being about is it's a story about Woody. And Woody is feeling... That useless. W useless. He's feeling useless and that life has passed him by a little bit. And this is his journey... To finding out what it's like to be older or to be aging or almost in the way of like it seems like this is a film that in some ways is dealing with what people call the empty nest syndrome you know where, where parents are like oh my kids are gone what do I do with my life fine fine choice nothing in the film feels as emotionally grounded as it did in previous films. Um, Cause I can see, I can see the Woody cares about Bonnie. Yep. Like I don't, I don't yeah. question that. And like he wants, he wants his actions to be what are best for Bonnie. Mm-hmm. And he's willing to go to extremes for mm -hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Which is consistent with his character before. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but. This, okay, so us caring about that and his care for Bonnie stands solely on our care for Woody from the past films. Yes. What works easily with Andy is Andy cares about Woody extensively. Mm -hmm. Where's Woody? Mom, I can't find Woody. Even in the moments where, like, the first one where, like, Buzz is introduced, we still understand the relationship between him and Woody. Yeah. The relationship between Bonnie and Woody is not established. Right. And because Woody is not her favorite toy. Woody no. is just a toy to her. And even in the moments where Woody is missing, she's never like, where's Woody? She's always like, where's Forky? Where's Forky? Yeah. And so, like, I, I understand her care and relationship for Forky. But so, like, when, like, Woody's gone, it's kind of like, cool. Like, when he's on his adventure trying to get Forky, you're like, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. And I think that that's good for where the story ends up going. Mm -hmm. It's harder to then end up connect to his want or desire or need in the film. And not saying that it has to be the same as before and that it has to be as sim simplistic as it was. 
it I think for me and I'm I'm struggling talking about the entirety of the film without kind of talking about the last little choice because I think the last bit of this film informs so much that's their biggest risk that they take is the ending of this film and, and I, how they true to do how they choose how they choose the end to end it is their biggest risk of the film and i appreciate them taking the risk mm-hmm. i just don't think they spend enough time getting us to that point or they don't spend enough time in that point so to speak um and so then i end up feeling slightly unsatisfied by this movie because the big emotional catharsis there's no release for me i'm I'm left just enjoying the, the humor of the movie, the characters of the movie, the the one like the the peripherals, the animation of the movie, which is really beautiful. Like I I love the way that it still feels like the Toy Story world, and yet there are times where it genuinely looks like these toys are walking through and living in a real world, and I very much appreciate that also. And how everything has a different feel to it. Because yeah. Like, with the first one, they do this a little bit, but, like, with the first one, the differences between, like, Bo and Woody's skin, or whatever material, do not come across as clearly different. Yeah. But in this one, as I look at Bo Peep, I'm like, I know that you're porcelain. Yeah. I can look and tell just by the look of it. And when I look at Woody... I'm like, well, that's some dull plastic and yeah. some felt. It's a rag doll with a plastic head, mm-hmm. yeah. I love there's even a bit where at one point uh, Bonnie's dad steps on Woody's head and it gets flattened. And I was like, oh. Like, that's a set, that's a dimension to these characters that we hadn't seen before, you know? And I, I do appreciate that the film the film goes into all those areas. Um, to, to put a pen just briefly in the end of the film, because I do want to come back to it, I want to talk maybe mostly for a moment on does the film need to exist? No. Yeah, it's kind of my answer too. Because I know that I always say, I always say, it doesn't ruin the last film. It doesn't ruin the other films, you people. And I actually think that this one does, I'm not going to say harm or ruin, but it affects the way that you view the other three films in the trilogy. Or at least for me, it affects very specifically Toy Story 3. Um, 1, 2, and 3 serve as a really nice trilogy. A really nice story arc of these characters and their three big adventures with Andy. 4 then comes on as this coda to the series... That I, I'm not going to say that I think 4 is by any means trying to start a new trilogy. It almost feels like, to me, 4 feels to Toy Story 1, 2, and 3 as The Hobbit does to the Lord of the Rings stories. You live in the same universe, you kind of got, you have the same characters for the most part, but your story is really separate and supplemental to the actual story that's there. And so, I just don't know if I need that in my life. I don't, I, I, and I'm not upset that it exists, because, like, I really like Forky, and I really like Duke Kaboom, and I really like Ducky and Bunny. I don't think we've talked enough about Duke Kaboom. I thought we were going to have, like, an hour and a half just on Duke Talk. We're going to get to Duke Talk in one <laughs> second. But, this film in particular, I think does some emotionally undoes some things in the original trilogy that make that trilogy slightly less satisfying for me. 
because I know what happens and I know where it goes. My other weird little thing before we get to Duke Kaboom talk is within that, okay, this is the, I'm going to go hard nerd on you here real fast. Oh I'm going to go hard like theme park nerd on you nonetheless. In the Toy Story universe, in the parks, the toys are like, they're like, they're, it's clearly the Andy's trilogy version of the toys. Anything that's happening here in 4, they've changed enough things in 4 that then the, the, the timeline in the parks doesn't make a lot of sense at this moment. Like parks, like the Toy Story, like, no, sorry, shh. Disneyland? Like Disneyland, Disney World, Toy Story Land, within those things, Yes. Are you going to be okay? I am going to be fine. I'm Is just... everything just ruined? I guess you can't go back. I, uh... You're just going to be standing there and you're going to feel empty on the inside. And I am. You'll never get the rush that you had the first time. And so then you're going to have to just go to more extreme and extreme yeah. amusement parks in order to feel the same joy that you once did. Just by the simple Toy Story rides. <laughs> also, it bums me out that Jessie is super sidelined in this movie. I know! Yeah. Why did you bring in Joan Cusack to do anything? Yeah. If she is my front and center. She's like just the third person out the window. Jesse, she's a very special character to me. For no real reason. What? So I, I said this to somebody, and then they're like, well, yeah, but in this story, what do you want Jesse to do? Ah! Uh, in this story? Can, why can't I change the story? Why can't I, like... <laughs> make a story where everyone's integrated everyone's lost okay oh okay here we go yeah star trek beyond you know how like okay the gang's not all together uh-huh and like we have some different pairings uh-huh all right jesse and ham are together trying to make it through like something that they could have done is like because it's this is the this is the, the, the Woody story. But, like, something about 3, and I, I don't love Toy Story 3, but there is a segment in there, spoilers for Toy Story 3, where they're trying to escape the daycare, and uh-huh. everyone gets their own piece to do. Yeah. And that is what is interesting, where you take their abilities, weird tortilla stuff happens that I'm... <laughs> Mr. Tortilla Head? I don't... And then he just... So that is where I come from. Is that, you know what? That was a fun segment. You could have done something similar to that. Where, like, instead of all of them just waiting in there, like, everyone could be lost. And I'm not saying that that would have been a better story. But it would have integrated these characters in some way, somehow. So even if... Even if, for me, you want to leave the story as it is, that's the way that I think that you fix it. And for me... Stop knocking stuff off. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, there's just a lot of stuff back here, and this table's closer to the wall, and... Can you move it? No, it's fine. There's, it's better to have more room over there. You could sit there. I could, it's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> I might for the next episode, who knows? There is a point of Woody's storyline that never comes together as successfully, and I can talk more about that when we get to the spoilers, but what I would have loved to see Jesse and Buzz doing to give both of them more to do as the the co... They're basically the co-leads of one and two. Um, and three, it's an ensemble film, so they all have a lot to do together, and that's really great. I would have put them as trying to support Woody's story in helping it make more emotional sense and come to a more logical conclusion than what it does. 
maybe logical is not the right words, but at least a more satisfying conclusion. Make the conclusion that's there make more sense. And I can start getting more specific than that when we get to spoilers, but... Can I also say something? Yeah. Okay, so all I got is the first and the second ones to work from, right? Toy Stories? Yes. Okay. No, I, there's a reason why I can't work from three. Because all I have is a longing glance. But... <laughs> In Toy Story 1 and in Toy Story 2, I know they're all flirty flirty and then on Christmas she might kiss him, right? Uh -huh. But like, I don't know. I didn't know the extent of the relationship between Bo Peep and Woody. I didn't know if they were ever in love or right. just flirty flirty. I just never made clear to me. I think that's what the opening scene of 4 is for, though. Mm -hmm. I think that's to take it from... Flirty, flirty, maybe a kiss, kind of, like, very small, tertiary love plot to something that's going to be the emotional core of this film. And I think that's actually why we open where we do on a scene that happens in between Toy Story 2 and 3. And it's about how Bo gets separated from the group. Um, and there is that moment in the car, or underneath the car, where Bo's getting taken away, and she's like, you could come with me, and he has to make that emotional choice. I think that scene is supposed to do a lot of heavy lifting. What if it doesn't do yeah. enough for me? Yeah, that's fine. Because I'm more worried about RC. He's safe by now, but, yeah. like, my heart rate's still coming down. Well, like, and the Toy Story franchise has told me that toys outside are unsafe so i'm not necessarily worried about them as a couple i'm like dude get inside somebody somebody get inside like you're gonna get crushed or whatever lost <laughs> i agree that i don't think that that scene does enough to set up their relationship the only thing that it does set up is that it does confirm that there was some sort of relationship also no worries everyone i might have said this on the episode it might have only been to sylvana or josh but from the trailer when he goes Bo, I have looked at that shot for a long time and never found Bo, but I finally understand why he says Bo. And that was the most gratifying thing to me. Which one is it? Oh, it's, 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 it's the lamp. Which trailer? What? Oh, it's to the lamp? Yeah, he's looking He's looking in the window and he just says Bo, and I'm like, Bo's not in this shot anywhere. Uh, yeah, okay, get there. Yeah. He's looking at the lamp, and I was yeah. like, oh. Um, Duke Kaboom. Okay, well, let's just say... Toy Story 5. <laughs> Front and center is Duke Kaboom. Forky and Duke. Duke and Forky. They're not together. Yeah, but, you know, maybe they should be. I don't know. I was worried. Keanu doesn't do voice work too often. He doesn't. I was, voice acting can be different. Yeah? But you know what? Duke what? Kaboom comes in. There was a point. What? What other voice work has he done? Ooh. Is this his first animated character? Yes and no. <laughs> Did he voice Bill? I mean, Ted, sorry. In you the... remember Mr. Linklater? Uh huh. How he made a film called The Scanner Darkly? Oh, but they did the motion did capture stuff. for that. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. Maybe he had to go back and voice over it. I mean, ADR exists. Yes, yeah. So, I don't know. But, like, I was content. I was pretty happy. Yeah. Uh, there came to a point, I don't know how long I was into the film, it felt like four hours, and I just turned to Sylvana and I say, where is Keanu? 
<laughs> I like how in this hour and a half long film, this film's a so, like a quick ninety. You're like, oh, it's four hours in. Where's Keanu? <laughs> Where's Keanu? <laughs> and then when our heavenly angel shows up. Uh, I'm glad that they created this character with some inner turmoil. Uh-huh. Rizzo. I mean, like, you could look at him and be like, wow, he's just gonna be masculinity. But then, like, he's oh, also unsure of himself. But that's not what Keanu is. No. Yeah. Here's what I like about Duke Kaboom. He is a he's Ke- Canadian. He's Canadian? <laughs> just like Keanu. Yes, I, Canada! Yeah. <laughs> I love that this character is a Keanu Reeves character. Like, it feels like a Keanu Reeves character. But at the same point, I've never seen Keanu play this character before. It feels really unique to his canon of of characters he's playing. Because, like you're saying, I love that he's this kind of, like, big, brave biker dude, but he's very sensitive about it. He's got this, like, sad side about him. And, like, he it takes him... He doesn't him, believe in himself. He doesn't believe in himself, which is a really, really good look for this character. Because... Then he has, it's a small arc that just pays off so beautifully. This is something that Pixar is really good at doing, is giving their side characters small arcs that just pay off really well in the film. I think they do that with Forky. I think they do it with Duke. I think they do it with um, Ducky and Bunny, uh, specifically in this film. And I also think they do it with Gabby Gabby, who we haven't talked a whole lot about um, yet. But they don't do it for any of the other characters. Um, which is fine. That's a lot of characters to try to give screen time to. I understand why some of them are sidelined. Um, do you have more on Duke? I just, you know, everyone's talking about Forky, but I think we need to talk about Duke as well. We need to talk about Duke. We need to talk about Duke. (laughs) We need to talk about Kaboom. Kaboom! Uh, his name is not spelled the way that I thought it would be. Did you think a K? Yeah, I did. Like, Evil Knievel? Well, isn't isn't the word kaboom spelled with a K? I don't know. I think kaboom is traditionally spelled with a K. I feel like that's a sound. <laughs> yes, it's an onomatopoeia. Uh, hard to say. When I just googled kaboom with a K, all I was getting was cleaning products. Oh. Because there is a cleaning product just called kaboom. Or, nope, it's not a cleaning product. It's a non-profit organization for children. Oh. Well, there you go. That's all that I can find. Great. Oh, 100%. Tough. No hard scrubbing kaboom cleaner. I'm not crazy. Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> but, like, there's two examples of kaboom with a K. Yeah, yeah capitalism. Also, I'm, I'm imagining, <laughs> like, the cartoon bubble in comics. Uh-huh. Like, when something blows up and it says kaboom. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But, like, C for Canada. C for Canada. Can we talk about Gabby Gabby for a second? Yeah. I like... So Gabby Gabby ends up being the antagonist for the film. And you know that immediately when you see her because her her she has a dummy with her and you th- know that those are uh, demons. And so automatically you're just like, ooh, evil. Here's what I like. It didn't follow the same path that it did before. It didn't do the prospector and lots of hug and bear path. Which had been the last two villains where you're like, ah, oh, we're going to show up and we're going to pretend to be nice, but we're going to be a villain. And I think that those those choices work just fine for those two movies. This one, I like that it does does a thing where her villainy or her she's more of an antagonist 
then she is a villain. She has her reasons. We get to understand her reasons about what she wants. She wants Woody's voice box for a very specific reason. However, that does create... I thought of this, and then David Ehrlich has also voiced this out loud, and I was like, this is a weird plot hole that I can't unthink of now once I thought of it. What can toys do? Josh, I don't understand your question. Okay, what do toys do when humans are out of the room? Well, everything. Everything, great. <laughs> and how do they communicate with each other? With their voices. With their voices, they talk. Yeah. Her thing is that her voice box is broken. Josh... Ducky and Bunny don't have voice boxes, so I just believe everyone can talk. No, I know that. Okay. That's fine. I'm with you. Everybody can talk. Why doesn't she just talk? Why doesn't she just talk when her pulse string's there? Because she'd have to move her lips. Would she? Yeah. (laughs) Do you want it to be like that? Well, I mean, what if she's just a Gamma Gamma that moves her mouth? <laughs> Welcome to my own personal hell. <laughs> Alright, maybe maybe you solved my plot <laughs> hole. Maybe you solved my plot hole. But I couldn't stop thinking about that other movie. But Woody can't either because his mouth is closed. Woody's mouth doesn't move. Yeah, exactly. He without his voice box he could not he couldn't. Yeah, but Gabby it. Gabby's one of those dolls that mouth sits open. Josh why don't the dummies talk? Because, because there's no one there to control them. Yep. That's what I love about them. It's like they're silent characters because they're dummies. Oh, that was a good choice. Um, Here's something that I don't appreciate about the dummies in this film. Okay. There are humans in the room uh-huh. in the antique shop, uh-huh. and they're up they're up in their little crow's nest turning their heads. And let me tell you, when I walk into a store and I see that there is a doll there. My eyes are on that doll because I'm not going to get stabbed in the back. Okay, what if... And when those dummies are turning their heads, I'm getting getting ready to fight. But see, maybe the toys Uh maybe the toys understand what dummies are to the human world and so like, dummies get a little bit more leeway. They can like, move a little bit or they can like play with the humans because they know that there's the human stereotype that dummies are terrifying. I think then that dummy would have run across the aisle and just straight up murdered Bo. It's too far. It's too far. No, but like, this is the point. The dummies and Gabby Gabby, they're not villains. They don't want to just murder and kill or like, take over. She keeps her promise, much like Hades. Yeah. Unlike her Achilles. <laughs> I'll miss her talks. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I like that she's not a villain. I like that she's got good motivations and they're solid and what she wants makes sense even though we don't necessarily want her to get it throughout the film. Okay, spoilers, 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 Back to the form. Yeah, I love it. Josh. Josh, okay, the only thing to really spoil here is the end. Yes, yes. Because, like, the whole film, the whole film, you know exactly what's gonna happen. Mostly. Uh-huh. Like, you fill in the dots, and sometimes there's a few bridges that they have to give you, but you get there. And, like, you get to the end, and you're kind of like, okay, 
my two options are is what are you gonna go back to Bonnie or is he gonna stay with Bo Peep and you're just watching the whole film and those are the two, only two ways that this film can end and then at the end I was like well this is unemotional for me and I you know Sylvana put this in an interesting context for me that I hadn't and, and you actually caught on to it too and maybe I just don't get it but <laughs> I get it now that someone hasn't said it but like Woody is a lot like a parent figure in some way or yeah. a guardianship where like he's like I care about this kid and I'm gonna make I'm gonna see Andy all the way through and you're like yay you did it <sighs> good job yeah <laughs> and now he's with the new kid and he's like oh, I don't like this anymore <laughs> <laughs> he's just tired of it yeah <laughs> I don't know like for me I don't know it, one of the things that wasn't emotional for me and I you, you, I, I wonder if you can also catch on to this is like I regularly work with children mm -hmm. and you know there comes a time where the children no longer need me yeah. and they go off and yeah. you know for a moment it's like oh sadness but then you're like good this is my my chapter my yes. piece in their life is done and I have hopefully helped them benefit in yeah, life yeah absolutely but then you just you get a new student and like while there are some students like I had one student that I've had since I started working at my last job and they're graduated and it was like oh yeah and there was some sadness but you know there's a new there's always <laughs> there's another student there's always another student which I think is like what the lost toys kind of represent like there's always going to be other kids and mm -hmm. so like me I'm like yeah I'm like a lost toy <laughs> go for yeah. it yeah this um, Go ahead. And so, like, the emotional journey is not for me, like, being like, oh, man, what he's going to say goodbye to Bonnie. The emotional journey for me is, like, should have been for me is, like, oh, what he's got to say goodbye to all his friends. Yes, thank you. And then yes. they get to the end and, like, it's like, bye, Buzz. And I'm like, Tom Hanks, you were choked up about this for, like, days? <laughs> <laughs> that is also where my brain went to as well is that this movie short shifts the relationship between Woody and Buzz and Woody and Jesse and Woody and Potato Head and Woody and Bullseye and Woody and all the time. After all we've been through. After all we've been through them. After we belong together. Do you? Do you really belong together? Did you really hold hands in that incinerator? Did you really accept your death together? Because pretty quickly, pretty easy, Woody, you're like, peace out. Bo's here. Bye, y'all. And I am fine with him making the choice to go with Bo. That makes sense. The whole film was built up to it. One of the things that I had mentioned that I wanted Woody and or Buzz and Jesse to have a subplot where maybe they're also helping the other toys realize Woody needs to go. Because like Woody, he's not needed in this room. Woody has you know? a heck of it, it might not completely work in Toy Story 2, but he clearly has a close relationship yes. with Jesse to yes. the fact that he almost leaves Andy Andy for Jesse's happiness. So yeah. obviously there is some care there and then Toy Story 1 <laughs> Is it's all about Buzz and Woody becoming best friends. Uh -huh. And then three, as you said, is an ensemble film about them learning that they need each other. Mm -hmm. So that the fact that the toys that are not Woody 
get so sidelined in this movie and they do not get a moment at the end to say goodbye. And we do not spend any time with them trying to figure it out. Like, this is why it's an hour, it's a 90 minute movie. It's an hour and a half. If you had just given me 10 minutes, give me a 10 minute subplot where Jesse and Buzz are figuring out, because they know pretty early. She puts that, Bonnie puts the badge on Jesse. That role is taken. Buzz is a leader in the, in the, in the He's a mailman. <laughs> He's a mailman. He's a leader in the toy room with the Bonnie Hunt character. Like, Woody's roles are fulfilled in the toy society. He can go away. That is fine. It is set up in the film. But what is not emotionally set up there in the film is his loss of all of the friends that he's going to leave behind. Something, people that he said that meant so much to him. I just give me more time at the end with that relationship. Let it be something that's hard. Like, I don't need one group hug. And all is fine. Because, like, the other toys just seem like good we finally got rid of him because they're all happy yeah they're all happy and there's a difference between there there's a difference between just being happy and being happy for your friend but yes. sad for yourself and the, and i wanted to see the more complex version i wanted to see the thing it makes sense to me that buzz is the character that says she'll be okay no bonnie will be okay mm -hmm. like i like that he's the one that finally clicks to woody no, it's okay, you can make this choice. And I think the choice itself is good. It's a good, risky choice that I really appreciate that they took. If you wanted me to have the same emotional catharsis that you had in 3, then I need you to spend more time setting it up. And that is my biggest complaint of this movie, is that I, I love so much of what's here, it just doesn't hit me on any real foundational level other than, oh... I think this is how the Toy Story movies end. And I don't think I'm getting any more of them. Disney Plus TV series with Woody and Bo Peep. Okay, but like, I wanted the Disney Plus TV series anyway. I think I pitched it on this podcast before this where it was in Bonnie's room. Like, mm. I wanted that anyway. Right, so I have a question. Yeah. I don't watch these. But there are lots of these, like, Short? shorts. Mm -hmm. Do they seem content in yes. Bonnie's room? Yeah. It's Woody content. Uh, yes, I will say that the shorts are... So, Toy Story of Terror is about Jesse. Okay. Um, and so... I feel like Rex will be an integral part in one of these. And Toy Story That Time Forgot is a lot about Rex. Yeah. And so... Because we can afford... They're not necessarily... We don't have yeah. Tom Hanks money all the yeah. time. Although, I feel like Tom Hanks would just come back regardless for, I like, agree. most things. Although, for the rides and the video games and the toys, it's his brother. It's not Tom. It's his brother. Well, so I don't know if he does the shorts or not. Maybe Tom's busy. Yeah, maybe. So. <laughs> we can't afford Tom money, <laughs> so we'll get Bob Hanks. <laughs> yeah, he does a great Tom impersonation. <laughs> um, but, like, I wanted the Disney Plus series where it's, like, all the, the Toy Story 3 gang in Bonnie's room. And I would have been more than happy to be like, let's add the Toy Story 4 gang in as well in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. I thought we were all going to go into Bonnie's car. And I was like, well, that's like 10 new toys. But like. Whatever. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and again, I am good with the I was expecting the Toy Story 2 ending where suddenly there's just Jesse and Bullseye. And like, <laughs> Andy's mom is none the wiser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
mean, and it could even be like they go to the circus and like there's a bag and here are all the new toys. Like, fine, whatever. I don't even care. Like, <laughs> it's fine. And I don't need the happy ending ending. I just need you to spend more time with the more complex emotional ending if that's the ending you're going to give me. Sure, you've done that before, Pixar. Yeah. Up. Nemo. Uh-huh. Probably Wally. Yeah. Toy Story 3. Yeah. A moment of Monsters, Inc. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Inside Out. Inside yeah. Out. Coco. Oh, all of Coco. Yeah. Like, you've done it before, and this is why it's unsatisfying to me personally. Cars. Cars, even, for a moment at the end. I want to. Do you know to... who voices the green car in Cars? Which one's the, the green car? The bad guy. Michael Keaton. I know. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I was like... Kachiga. That's Michael Keaton. Yeah. I knew he was Ken. One more. They just need one more. And then he belongs to them forever. <laughs> we belong <laughs> together. Um, you exist in the world. Oh, I wanted to very briefly touch on... There's a lot of criticism of Toy Story 3. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's not your favorite of a Toy Story franchise, which is totally fine. It is my favorite of a Toy Story franchise. And there's a lot of... People say the film is manipulative. And I'm not going to disagree that I don't... Th- that the film is manipulative, I think. But I just think it emotionally pays off in such a satisfying way. And that's everything that I wanted out of the franchise. That I'm okay with it. It's interesting to me that I think a lot of the reception so far has been that 4 is a more solid film than 3, though its Metacritic score is lower. Um, well, people think this is a more solid movie? Yeah. That's dumb. It's not... It's Maybe, <laughs> maybe by people, I just mean, like, my podcast sphere of people, the David Simses, Griffin Newmans, David Ehrlichs, uh, like, Richard Lawson's, like, my, my podcast peeps of the world. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Was it wrong of me to call them dumb? <laughs> <laughs> they, uh... But the critical, I guess, overall critical reception is this has an 84 on Metacritic and 3 has a 92. It still goes 1, it goes 1, 3, 2, 4 in terms of Metacritic scores. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, 1's my favorite. What's your, what is your ranking of the Toy Story franchise? Bro, I don't know. (laughs) Like, the order. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one and two and three and four. I know Does that... It, that's fine. Yeah. I know that three is a better movie. I know it. It's a better movie than two. I don't know, like, if you're like, highly pick a Toy Story, and you can't pick Toy Story 1. So pick a Toy Story sequel. <laughs> I don't know. I would... If I'm watching with you, I'd pick three. Because you're that nagging voice. <laughs> But Toy Story 2 doesn't make sense. <laughs> Toy Story 2 is fun, though. Yeah. And, like, I would even... If somebody wanted to argue that the best moment of the entire franchise when she is me. in 2, I would... I, you'd have an argument. I think that... I don't... Yeah. I know that 3 is a better movie. I like 2 better. That's okay. And I, I actually think there's plenty of people out there in the world who would say that 2 is a better movie. Yeah, Griffin, Griffin Newman. Newman. <laughs> Not just Griffin Newman. John Davis also would say that for you as well. Who's that? Who's that? Oh, John! <laughs> you know that guy that sings in our uh, theme song? My That's second, not me and you? My second favorite John. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, 
I think that I think you're probably fine to say that like two is is the better three three I guess is it's it's in terms of history it's becoming to be known as a slightly manipulative film that still works in a lot of ways. That manipulation though is only at the end. Yeah. It's and I don't know if manipulation is the correct word because like I don't know like for a lot of people like I mean I guess I was the one that this should have held the most true for. Like, I was in 10th grade when 3 came out, so I'm close to Andy. I'm going into 11th grade. I'm close to Andy's age in Toy Story 3. And so, like, this is made for, like, my generation. Like, I grew up, we grew up with the Toy Story films. And so, like, I don't think it's manipulating. It's, like, it's manipulating in the way that Return of the King is manipulating at the end there, but, like, I don't, I just, I don't see an issue with it. Yeah, and I will say that, like, Andy, so Andy's probably my age, because mm-hmm. in 95, I'm 10, and Andy's probably about 10-ish. There's a weird gap thing in there where, like, his age doesn't necessarily line up if they're, if the films are set in the years that they released. Um, 99 is two and it's probably still it he's still a child and then 2010 is three um and i'm just out i'm two years out of college but like for me three lands really solidly because it feels like i'm letting go of that part of my childhood it feels like we're saying goodbye and that we're passing it on to the next generation and there's a there's a criticism that says three does a lot of repeats of two and four in a lot of ways feels like that similar repeat of three in the sense of like we're passing on again to the next generation. I like that I brought up Return of the Kings, because here's what I'm going to say. Yeah. So in most of the 72 hours of the Lord of the Rings series... <laughs> Kylie, 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 it's 74. Um, Frodo's not with the other two hobbits. He's not even with the Fellowship for the most part. Yeah. He's got Sam. And Gollum. Sam. Okay, he's got Sam. <laughs> <laughs> You're ruining my argument oh, for I'm the sorry. end Oh, I'm sorry, so sorry, so sorry. Where, like, when he's getting ready to go on that boat with Gandalf, like, you feel the emotion, even though he's not with the other ones that yeah. entire time, but you feel the emotional pull with it. But when... I'm, whew, emotion's coming back yeah. just from looking at that. <laughs> but, like, with Toy Story 4, it's not up there, but that's where Toy Story 4 It will is go. Like, it will go up there, yes. Like, when Woody's like, peace out, everyone, I'm like, get on the boat already. <laughs> yeah. And, like... At the end, they're like they're trying to hit that emotional beat, but then during the credits, they do like we're having fun, woo! And I'm just like, so what emotions am I supposed to feel? Did you want me to be sad but happy? Because like you're ending this with a giant joke. And I like that they end it with a giant joke because it it means that he made the right choice. Mm -hmm. He found a new family, and this family has this new purpose for him, which is help toys get kids, which is. Kind of the opposite of what Woody always wanted to do, and yet the exact the exact purpose that he needs to fulfill in his life. Instead of him trying to fulfill one kid, he's going to try to fulfill toys getting kids. I think that's a perfect arc for him to go through, and I love that it's that way. But again, I need to have that emotional catharsis there, because Toy Story 3's credits are also like, Look at the fun we're having in Bonnie's room! But that's to help us feel better. It's so that Randy Newman can win an Oscar. Yeah, we belong together. That's the reason. Does he win that Oscar? Yep, he does. He wins that Oscar. Okay. He doesn't win it for When She Loved Me or You Got a Friend in Me, but he does for We Belong Together. If I'm going to rank those, if I'm going to rank <laughs> those songs. 
<laughs> I'm sorry to say it, but we belong together. There Stop is the breathing. bottom. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the song that we get over the actual credits part is I Was a Lonesome Cowboy, which I don't know where it belongs in the... Like, I think it belongs in the Bonnie section, but like... What? We're too busy not throwing our friends away. <laughs> Oh, anyway. I'm glad that Gabby doesn't torture Forky. Agreed. Because I thought that was what was going to happen. Just pulling. <laughs> Takes his eye off. Yeah. What is Forky's eyebrow and mouth made of? I don't know. Like, I don't either. It looks like gum. Oh. Oh, Forky. Oh, it's oh. like a gummy or a Play-Doh-y thing. Oh, Play-Doh would make some sense. That would make sense, too. It's a trash can. His eyebrow looks like a Twizzler. Trash? It looks like a Twizzler, like the ones you can peel off. Oh, yeah. And I was there, and I was like, I wish I had Twizzlers. Oh, we had Twizzlers the second time. Ooh, I have a, I have a question for you. Oh, Sylvana said that it was distracting me in the film because people were laughing at things that she didn't understand why they were laughing at, and I thought she was talking about me, but she told me she wasn't talking about me. Maybe she was. Okay, fair enough. But she said that the things that I laughed at made sense for me because she knows who I am. <laughs> But I guess it doesn't make sense when the children are laughing because she doesn't know the children. Uh, the children in my second audience were very into the movie. Like, they were, like, repeating the lines back to the movie and they were laughing and talking. Not just my nieces, but the ones that were all around us. When I walked out of Annabelle Creation, there was a child crying outside of the theater and I don't know if it's because her mom removed her from the movie or because of the end of the film. But I can There was to a walk. child inside Annabelle Creation? No, outside of Toy Story Theater. Oh, okay. Josh, I had a better time at Annabelle Creation. Than Toy Story 4? Yeah, that, oh. living, that Living Doll movie was better. Lots me. of Living Doll movies. You just gotta get Child's Play to get your triple feature done. I don't need to. Well, fair enough. Josh, I saw a still, and I don't know if it's from that movie or a different movie, but I don't think I can handle it. Um, So, Anne and I had a debate prior to going to Toy Story 4. Alright, tell me. Uh, Licorice. Uh-huh. Red Vine or Twizzler, doesn't matter. Okay. Slushy. Slurpee thing? I disagree. Using it as a straw. I disagree. So you're on Anne's side? It's gross? Yes. Oh. It's so good, you guys. It's just like, it's happiness in a drink. Like, you just like, and then like, oh, it's it's filled, and I eat it. Um, nom, nom. And it's good. Ow. It's, it's, it's good. It's good times. Also helps the environment. Don't use straws. Yeah. You'd be like me and have straws with you at all times. Oh, good call. Yeah. You could, it's, I want you all to know, it's ridiculously simple to find compostable plastics. You're not wrong. Yeah. I have them in my car. I have silverware and straws. <sighs> um, I saw somebody share an article that was like, uh... You know, what's killing the environment faster, there are more uh, cigarette butts at the bottom of the ocean than there are straws. And I was like, yeah, we should ban those too. Like, you don't have to... Like, don't... That's not a good argument, friend. Like, let's ban cigarettes too. That's a wonderful yeah. argument. Let's do it. Like, we don't need to kill, kill ourselves or the environment. Alright, on that note... Play a Hollywood game. Um, I like Toy Story 4. I think, I think it's like... Uh, my ranking of the Toy Story franchise goes... 
three, one, four, two. I would be willing to rewatch two to see if it goes above four or not. So we'll redo episode 11. Yeah, maybe we'll redo episode <laughs> 11. Uh, three, four, yeah. Because four and two, I think, have their, their similarly things. That, but I mean, I enjoyed four a lot. When somebody loved me. It's the best moment. Like, But like, I enjoy When Somebody Loved Me, Jesse. Those are the things of two that I like. Woody is the worst. I really don't like Woody in that movie. Whereas four, I like the characters. The story's just unsatisfying. So, I think I'd pick four. Hmm. Interesting. I, I've said before, like, if, I mean, you give me a bland story, but you give me characters that I really like. Yeah. Something, something's happening. And that's that, that would be four for me. Yeah. All right, Josh. All right. Oh, and I think I put this 11th in my Pixar rankings. I have this right underneath Annabelle Comes Home. Oh, that's, it's, this is way, way too high on my... 2019 is a weird year. Can I say something? Yeah. I know that last summer you said the summer of meth. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, so... There's just been a lot of sequels. Uh-huh. And even, like, I mean, like, we had Rocket Man. Uh-huh. That died out quickly. Yep. Um, John Wick we liked, but that died out, though it's still going, sorry. Yeah. But it's still a sequel. It's uh-huh. a good one. Yeah. It's a good version. Uh, we have, uh, Late Night, which is dying out quickly. Yep. We had The Dead Don't Die, which deservedly died out quickly. <laughs> which died. <laughs> And now we have, uh, we have yesterday that we gotta see. We I, gotta ga- I need something. I need nope. something original. <laughs> but there's just, there's been so many sequels. And I was just looking at how the summer went down. And I was like, oh my gosh. And, or like, not just sequels, but like a remake or something. There were so few original ideas. And I just feel like I'm suffocating. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, last year, last summer was the summer of meh. I feel like this is a summer of blah. Summer of blah. What is it? Name it different movies that have a color in the title. All right, here we go. Black and white. Green book. The color purple. Deep blue sea. Blue. <laughs> blue is the warmest color. Red. <laughs> Yellow. White. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> those are co- those are movies, right? Just blue, red, and white. Those are things. Blue film. Let me look it up. Yep, blue. Maybe they aren't. I don't know. I thought they were just films with those colors. You're not wrong. It's these... Somebody? Who is... Yes, it's it's a very... Red is definitely something because it stars Bruce Willis. Oh, red and red too. Get out of here. You can only name one of them because it's a series. Uh, yellow? I said yellow. <laughs> I don't know, uh, Josh. I know white was one of them. Great. I, uh, somebody wins. I don't know who it is. Hey, friends. Did we get two hours? Did this sucker make two hours? I think Pixar ends up winning. <laughs> An hour and a half. Oh, okay. There we go. There's not a ton to cut here. There's really not. There's a little bit. Look look at us. Giving you all the content after some pre-recorded content that you all enjoyed. There you go. All right, Josh. Yeah. Our next episode will be short. Yes, it will. I don't have a lot. Me too, and we're only doing a special thing, so here we go. <laughs> Half an hour episode. Get All that right. sucker done. Tell us where we can find me. Hey, friends. You can find you specifically. <laughs> you can find only Kylie at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find only Kylie on Apple Podcasts when it's a five-star review or any star review, as well as hit that subscribe button. Trash. Yes! I did it! I went.
<laughs> we win, everybody. We did it. Oh. That's, yeah. And then the knife pops up. I was unsettled by that as well. Trash? Yeah. <laughs> you can also find us on Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcast. You can find just Kylie, Ooh. Kylie alone for all of this. And um, YouTubes. Um, Duck Fletch Together. Tumblers. Duck Fletch Together. Letterboxd. RBACT and Kylie Gallagher. Thank you so much for listening. I've been trash. I'm nothing. <laughs> quack, 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 quack. <laughs>